Let's put that disaster of the LSU game behind us and look forward to Ole Miss on this live edition of the Yup Tempo podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. What's up, Auburn family? I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. We hope you guys are having a good week, man. It's a Tuesday night, Blake. I'm going to be honest with you, buddy. I want to put that tough one behind us. <laughs> We'd circle this game in the offseason. We go, we're going back home, man. Let's look forward to the Ole Miss Rebels. First off, man, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. I'm on baby duty. My buddy's over here. Uh, he's, he's getting going. He just woke yeah. up, so I'm about to have to grab him here in a minute. But, uh, Look, guys, this is this is the game that we've been waiting on, right? Uh, we know things have gotten bad, um, and we know it didn't look pretty last Saturday night, right? The offense has struggled. We know we, we we've we've seen it, we've watched it, uh, and we're sitting at three and three. But you got an opportunity underneath the lights, Jordan Hare Stadium, and you know you got Lane Kiffin coming into your building. And Hugh Freeze, we know what he went through at Ole Miss. We know what kind of coach he was there. He 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 built a top twenty-five program, and he he did all the all the right things while he was there until the bad things happened. Right? He yeah. brought in the great recruiting classes. He put a great product on the field. He he scored points. He brought in great defenses for Ole Miss while he was there. All right. Everything was right until it went wrong. But now we play the school that he was at, and and trust me. He knows what's at stake here. He knows this is the last time we play Ole Miss. He knows what this game means, all right? He knows it. And I'm ready for Saturday night. I know Auburn fans are going to bring it. We haven't given up. We haven't given up. It's it's not to that point, right? We're not going to give up. We just went through two years of potato ball, all right? (laughs) Man, if you're going to Jordan-Hare Stadium Saturday night, show up, rock out. Get behind this team, man. Look, I, I've been seeing things circulate on Twitter about booing Peyton Thorne. If Peyton Thorne steps out on that field Saturday night, you cheer him on. You get behind his ass, okay? If if I hear of one Auburn fan booing Peyton Thorne, dog, that is that is that's awful. All right. Let me I ask know- you this. What if it's what if it's um what if it looks like it's Thorn, but really it's the – what if they're getting rotated out and the fans are fed up with the rotation and it's the booing of the rotation, it's the booing of kind of the way the quarterbacks are being used in the offense as a whole? I'm down with that, all right? Okay. But if Peyton Thorn trots out there to start the game and we boo, I don't want to hear that. I don't. I hear you. I just uh, think that boo birds might arise if the offense stalls. I think that the people are kind of if, fed up. If we get to the 50, dude, and we're driving the football and we start rotating quarterbacks like we did at the end of the first half against LSU – I. I'm not gonna be there, but I, I'll boo from I'll boo from the house because that was piss poor the other night. But man, look, this team knows the task. They, they know what's at stake Saturday night, and uh, I, I think you're gonna see a fired up Auburn team. I do. Um, I, I think they've been listening to the noise. I think I think they've been listening to everybody uh, kind of get off, you know, get on their back and 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 uh, really tear them down and and go at them right and. Yeah. Now you get you get a guy, Keontae Scott. He's back at practice. The, that's what that's what the rumors have been saying. So Big news, man. Uh, Big if, news. If Keontae, yeah, if Keontae can come back and he can play, 
Uh, that's just another piece to the defense that you've been really – I mean, he's been hurting, you know, not having him. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, so, man, I, I look at this thing, and, and I want Robbie. I do. I want Robbie bad. Uh, but we obviously heard that we're going to have two quarterbacks play Saturday night, so get ready for it. Uh, but be fired up, man. No no way Lane Kiffin should come into our house and beat us the last year we play them uh, annually. So uh, get fired up, Auburn fans, because I'm ready. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know right now I'm under attack from the Ole Miss fans because I, <laughs> yeah. dare, I dare to tweet out that this one's personal. Um, yeah. And they're all asking, why is this so personal? Like, ha- where have y'all been? Have you, have you missed the beef? Um, let's get over here, man, and grab some of these comments before we get into it. Uh, Blake will be back, guys. He's hopping over there to take care of little Levi. Uh, Riley, um, I'm, I'm digging the uh, I'm digging the uh, the bat signal nine there, brother. I like that a lot. And yeah, man, a lot of nine Haley coming in here saying free Robbie hashtag free Robbie Haley. You already know we ride with that up tempo. Chris, Chris, getting in here saying what's up, what's up, Chris James, what's up? Had a new member notification down here. Let me ride over here to that. I believe it was Haley. Yeah, Haley becoming a new member. Haley, we greatly appreciate you. We will uh we'll talk here in a little bit about middle of the show about what those memberships all entail. So uh, we appreciate everybody being in here tonight. Let's see. James has a comment real quick. James says, fellas, as far I'm with you as far as booing if PT is QB1 coming out, but if Robbie starts that stadium, it's gonna go crazy. Just saying. Yeah, I'm with you on this, James. Um, when they announced the starting lineups before the game uh, on the scoreboard, if they announce Robbie as a starting quarterback, that place probably will go nuts at this point. Al Roper says, cheer for Peyton, roar for Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I feel that, man. Uh, Michael Waltman, what's up, fam? What's up, guys? All right. Appreciate everybody got, uh, hopping in here, man. Uh, let's see if Blake is got Levi out of control. You good, baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So, Blake, what I wanted to do before we play these clips from, uh, from Hugh here from the presser yesterday was I know that during the offseason, you really had a point that you were kind of pounding home, that you were tired of seeing Auburn fans accept defeat to LSU, accepting defeat to Georgia, accepting defeat yeah. to Bama. Your point was how can we beat them if we're just riding it off as a loss and not expecting the team and to beat them? And I've seen a whole lot this week of – complacency of accepting and i'm not sure if people quite understand um or not some people don't really understand the point of competition we got a big ass scoreboard blake why is that scoreboard there what's the point uh we we got to start putting points on it man we got to start we got to start look the mindset that i want auburn fans to have is during the Georgia game, all right, I saw people on on Twitter and Facebook saying, oh, well, we'll just find a way to lose. Like, this is the Auburn way with Georgia. Right, we got to get out of that mindset, Dustin. All right, Hugh said it. Hugh said it before the Georgia game. They're the golden standard. Alabama is the golden standard. LSU, they won a national championship in 2019. They played for the West title in Brian Kelly's first year. They have a chance to still play for the West title in Brian Kelly's second year. (laughs) I mean, look, I know it's year one, but there's no way we should be losing 48-18 to to LSU. I'm sorry, we're not that bad. I don't want to hear, oh, we don't have the dudes, all right? I'm sorry, we're not 48-18 to bad. We have to stop that. It's, It's, I'm tired of hearing, the the we're it's like we're complacent 
at where we're at right now. We're we're okay with going seven and five. I'm not okay with going seven and five. You think LSU fans last year were like, oh well, if Brian Kelly goes seven and five, it's okay. No, he lost that first game to Florida State. And what happened at the first press conference? They said, first press conference, the woman sat down and said, Oh, you're late. All right. Well, not only are you late, but you lost. All right. The only reason you the only reason you get to be late to a presser is if you win. And he he sat at the podium, Dustin. And he said, oh, wow, like, I didn't know it was going to be like that. Like, this ain't Notre Dame, big dog, right? After Ole Miss, what happened? He got grilled. And he's only in year two. He's only in year two. And he got grilled after Ole Miss because they said, hey, buddy, all right, that ain't LSU football giving up 750 yards of offense to Ole Miss. That's not how it goes. So I'm tired of hearing – we lose 48 to 18. Well, it's okay. We'll bounce back next week. At least we get Ole Miss at the crib. No, that's not Auburn football, dog. We're not 48 to 18 bad. I don't Alabama care. Alabama that way. Bingo. Hey, look. <laughs> I know. I got Kirby, you. Look, look, listen to me. Kirby lost to Vandy his first year. I believe he lost to Georgia Tech as well. All right. So I'm not saying, you know, to panic or anything like that. But you go back and you listen to Kirby Smart. Those were unacceptable losses, all right? That's not the way he wanted it to go. And those Georgia fans, that's not the way they wanted it to go. And our fan base has to turn into that where we want the gold standard. We want to be the old Auburn. Man, when I grew up watching Auburn football, damn it, we were competing for SEC titles. We were going undefeated, getting shafted out of a chance to play for a national championship. We were winning 10 games a year. We were we were at the top. Man, beating Alabama six, six years in a row. We were at the top of the SEC West. And now we – you want to know what it reminds me of? All right. You know the long drought Tennessee went on, mm-hmm. and 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 it, it, it just felt like Tennessee was never going to get back. I feel like some of our fans have fallen into that. I really do, Dustin, and I and I'm tired of it. I want us to get back. I'm tired of hearing the jokes from other fan bases. Uh, like today, I heard, well, Hugh, he'll eventually get to eight wins, and that's about as all that you know. That's about as good as he'll do. He'll win eight eight games every once in a while. And uh, and and that's Auburn. That's Auburn football for you. I'm tired of that. All right. I want a bad year to be nine and three. I want I want a bad year to be nine and three, and us still trying to fight for an SEC title. I, I'm sick of it, man. That's not Auburn football, and it's not the way our fan base should be. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I appreciate that. Before I get over here and play these uh, these two freeze clips, I want to shout out our guy Charlie Davidson Jr. becoming a new member. We appreciate you, Charlie. And uh, like I said, we will touch on what all those memberships include here at about the halfway point of the show. But uh, definitely uh, appreciate you, man, trusting us and, and rocking with us. It's a big deal, and uh, we love you for it. Chris says uh, they need some of that Cadillac magic from last year somehow. So this is kind of something I wanted to talk on, Chris. Look, man, it, it's I hope Cadillac bust in that door today and said, hey, you know, we can run the damn ball. It, there ain't nothing wrong with it. When you're doing it, you can do it again. And you can do it again and again and again. There's no rules that say you don't have to run the ball. So I don't know what this is, but we get away from it. 
But uh, we got to run the ball down some of these teams' throat, man. And it was supposed to be the game plan going into last week, run the ball, control the clock, keep that explosive LSU offense off the field. Now, part of that I understand is your offensive line not committing dumb penalties and putting you behind the eight ball. You have to win first and second down, or otherwise you're going to get behind the chains. But, yeah, man, um, this team has to – to your point, Chris, this team has to kind of find that internal fire. I don't know if right now – a lot of guys in that locker room really understand what it means to play for Auburn. And it might Cadillac might kind of need to be a little bit more vocal this week than he has been throughout the season and saying, Hey, this thing doesn't need to get away from us. Now it doesn't need to get away from us. And I know that we looked at this before the season and we said we could, we could go and three to start the season. As far as the sec goes, we could lose these three games here that we've ultimately lost. And, just like we said it would, you go a month now without Auburn winning a game, obviously the SEC fan base is going to be restless. And that's something I want to point out, too, to, to the people that are like, calm down, calm down. Brother, this is the SEC. And no one's – no one's. I haven't seen anybody call for Hugh Freeze's job. I've seen people tweet, stop calling for Hugh Freeze's job, but I haven't actually seen anybody say it. I just think that this is an SEC fan base that hasn't won a damn game in a month. We're antsy, brother. Like, this is – this is what you get. Uh, but yeah, Chris, we got to dig down and find out, uh, find a little bit of what we found that night versus AM, man. This uh this team has to remember what it is like to be Auburn Tigers, what it means. And I think that you have the perfect opportunity. This is going to be an emotionally charged atmosphere. That place is going to be super loud. We don't get SEC games a lot at night. When we do, we usually put up a hell of a fight. So I'm really excited for this one. I know that the Auburn fan base is excited for this one. And that locker room needs to find something, man, because I thought they fought in the AM game. I thought they I thought there was no game that they did not fight. A lot of guys quit in that LSU game, Blake. I agree, Dustin. Uh I, I feel like I feel like we laid down a little bit, man. Um I feel like especially in that second half, uh when when things started to go uh the wrong way, you know, that drive at the end of the first half really it really hit on it for me that uh it just felt like it, it wasn't our night. Um, guys just kind of accepted the fate that they were going to put up 40 on us right. and they were going to run us out of the building. And, you know, we go back to that 2013 game down in Baton Rouge. Yeah, we got beat, all right? But you saw a team battle back in that second half and say, hey, this season, it ain't lost, all right? That looked like a new team. So I want to see that this Saturday night. I want to see a team come out under the lights at home ready to play in front of your fans against Hughes' old team. And I want I want to see 60 minutes of you busting your ass. All right? I, I, and, and it goes for the fans too. All right? I'm tired of being complacent with a Birmingham Bowl. I don't want that anymore. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it, Dustin. Yeah, I hear you. So I'm going to get over here and play uh, the first clip that I want us to talk about from the press conference today. Get Chris's comment off the screen here. So this was um, Mike G. Our boy Mike G. Just asked you straight up: Do you think there's going to be any personnel changes? Uh, kind of if uh, just the way you employ the you know the guys out there, and this was Hughes' answer. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, we're still. I mean, we're up here late last night, obviously, and today, and I really hadn't seen the staff much today because of uh, everything I have to do Monday mornings, but. Um, that's still being discussed, uh, but I would expect that you would see both both QBs. Yeah, so uh, 
Blake. Let me get Pop Blake out of here. But yeah. So that was Hugh Con to uh, just speaking on. He was asked about the personnel, and that was the second half of it where he was talking specifically about quarterbacks. And he says that uh he says that he plans to play both of them. And guys, get in the comments here and tell us what you think about that. Now, the first thing I want to say about this is um this could just be the coach speak. This could just be, hey, why would I come out and say it's Robbie Ashford? If you're Ole Miss, why would I give Lane Kiffin? Why would I give Ole Miss that? That's a very strong possibility. But also, we kind of have to take Hugh at his word because Hugh's been pretty honest with us. And also, so far what we've seen is he's going to rotate quarterbacks. I've seen nothing to make me think otherwise. So – Man, it's uh, I, I guess the, where where I'll start with this, Blake, is like I don't know if if you trot Thorn out, and like I mentioned with the booze, I'm just not sure if there's a way where it doesn't go um, it doesn't go south. Like if if he starts playing bad, I don't see how the stadium doesn't start to turn. The Auburn fans are obviously anxious. We can see right here in the comments that we're pretty much over the Peyton Thorn experiment, and it's uh man, I, I I really I really hope that they don't put Thorne in that position. If he is struggling out there, if he's not finding his groove, we're in game seven. I don't know what we're what we'd be trying to force. And I know Blake, you said you just feel like there's some kind of miscommunication ultimately uh between Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze. You think that maybe there's a quarterback that one guy prefers over the other and it's kind of leading to this whole situation, but uh, uh, not not really reassuring comments from the coach when, as we can see here in the comments, everybody clearly believes that it's nine time. Absolutely. Why, why wouldn't we believe that, Dustin? I mean, and, and I'm tired of hearing this, too, is everybody say, oh, well, Robbie doesn't move the ball with the offense. All right. Uh, the, the offense doesn't, you know, move the ball down the field when nine comes into the game. Where have you seen that? Because I've seen Robbie move it. It was moving, but it was moving on that last drive before the uh, before the end of the first half versus LSU. He threw the ball down the field to Brandon Frazier down the scene. Big play. So best throw of the night. My my biggest thing is is do you feel like Robbie gets the same opportunities as Peyton does? Because I don't I don't think so. And th- th- that's that's my biggest thing is are you going to open up the full playbook? for Robbie when he gets in the game or are you just going to keep making him a runner? That's where I sit on it, Dustin. And and I know Justin says right there that that means Thorne is starting. I, I fully expect Thorne to start. That's the reason I said don't boo him when he starts. All right. I, I don't think Hugh is giving up on Peyton Thorne. I don't. And I've told you guys that I, I I've told Dustin, I've told Ike, I, I've told Mike G B will C dub. Everybody, the guys over at the college loop, I just feel like that is his guy. He's not giving up on him yet. He feels like he runs the offense uh, better than Robbie does. Now, when we look at it as at an eye test, do you feel that way? Nope. I don't either. I feel like Auburn needs to go uh, with nine. I feel like he, he adds uh, an, an extra uh, – on the ground, man, it's one cut and he could be he could be to the crib. You know, and and that's my thing is is (sighs) 
All right. Sorry, guys. Not sure exactly what happened there. I think my internet cord came undone. Blake, you there, buddy? Yeah, man. I'm here. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, my Wi-Fi cord came out real quick. My ha- my cat jumped up on the uh, jumped up on the counter here, and he pulled pull, pulled my Ethernet cord out. No, nah, you're good, <laughs> man. Um, you know, I'm sitting there feeding little Levi. Um, but I, I just feel like he adds an extra little dilemma to the to the offense, man. Uh, uh, you know, and I just keep seeing people say that he can't throw the ball. And well, what gives what what makes you think Peyton can? I mean, I watched Texas A&M and Jay Fair is wide open down the sideline for six and we throw it 10 yards over his head out of bounds. I I just, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash players, man. That's not what I'm here to do because I love these dudes. But man, I even think you have a locker room that's sitting here going, Hey, why isn't Robbie getting the same opportunity? You know, I I do. I, I just, I want to see more Robbie, man. I want to see him get the same opportunity with the play calls. And especially if you're going to run the game plan that you've been running, is nine not the best option? That's that's where I stand on it, Dustin. Yeah, and and I'll keep going back to the the play that – and I hate it because he got 61 yards. But you're telling me that that play, that that, uh, Peyton goes 61 yards versus Georgia, that Robbie doesn't house call that? Robbie House calls that, man. And, like, I know that Peyton got 61 yards, but in those kind of games, man, that's the difference. Because for us, like you said, that one cut, big play, that can make all the difference in the world, especially with the way that we're struggling to move the ball. Our guard Michael here with an interesting comment. He says, Robbie always drives the field, and we pull him inside the red zone, and that's when he needs to be in the most. That's the crazy part about it is that you we did this first Georgia on the third and one. You call them red zone Robbie. And then you pull them out, and then this week, again, we'll keep alluding to it, that final drive before the half, we're moving the ball. He gets down there to where you really need him, where you feel like you can really use his abilities, and you pull him out. It just, Michael, it's not making a lot of sense, man. And as we sit here and continue to talk about it, I'm getting back frustrated again. Haley says, no, he doesn't. There's a clear bias for whatever reason. Robbie isn't getting a fair shake. Um, Haley, I'm not in the locker room. You know, I'm just down here in Pensacola. I don't know, like, what biases are going on and all that. But this can't be disputed, and that's the problem. At this point, when we watch the ball move with one person and then we watch the drop, the ball stall with somebody else, these the things you're saying are valid. It's a valid question to ask. I can understand where why these opinions start to form because you, you, you're looking at it and you're, you're, you're trying to make sense of something that ultimately doesn't make sense. And it's just frustrating. I understand why everybody's so frustrated. Robbie uh, Riley says Robbie has kind of been shit on since he's been at Auburn. Truthfully, this is what's sad about it. Riley is that I don't know in the past two or three years. Why well, know that offensively there really hasn't been anybody that's been put in the best position. Our running backs, our wide receivers, our tight ends, our quarterbacks, our offense, like nobody. There's nobody on this roster that's been put in the best position to succeed, uh, to showcase their capabilities. And the part about this Riley that frustrates me is, is the bill of goods that we were sold was that, hey, the the wins might not be there this year, but this is a coach and this is a staff that can put the guys in the position to succeed. They can put them in position to, to showcase their capabilities and what they can do. And we're six games in and we haven't seen it. And while there's still time, you really lose faith when you had two weeks 
and that was the dud that you put out versus LSU. So, yeah, I agree with you, but I think it's not just Riley. I think it's pretty much everybody on the offensive side has not uh, has not really had a chance. Uh, Brandon says, hey, <laughs> talk to my cat, Mac, up here, man. He, he sees chords. He wants to hop around, play pool, and everything else, brother. Uh, NIL was the issue because I worry that the people who invest money are influencing decisions, just my thoughts. Again, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'll say this. The number that I've heard, I'm not going to say it, but the number that I've heard from somebody I trust about from about Peyton Thorne's NIL package is fat more than anybody else on the team. And the truck, or I would assume anyway, but it, it's fat. It's more than anybody in that quarterback room. And then we've all seen the picture of the truck, and that's well documented, right? So he got a nice NIL package. He got a nice deal, and he's not performing. And that's an issue that every coach in college football is dealing with right now. The introduction of NIL to a locker room full of 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. It's tough. Um, there's no way in hell I'd want to be a college coach right now. I mean, with the way this season's going, I couldn't imagine there's not a whole lot of guys on our roster with eligibility that we're not going to have to re-recruit and probably up their NIL packages to stay. Uh, anybody that's worth a damn, I can assure you, you know, people are going to be coming in and trying to poach. And that's like a guy like Kay and Lee, for example. And I don't, I don't have any inside knowledge of that. I'm just throwing out names, you know. Like that's that's the way this is going to go now. So, yeah, the NIL it presents a a whole bunch of challenges. And as far as people who are invested in money making decisions, yeah, it's a valid question to start asking when you say, why is somebody like Thorne who was not performing continuing to get the chances when in the limited role we see the other guy in the ball is moving you know I, I said this the other night you don't have to be a rocket scientist right i don't have to be somebody that can get on the board and break down a whole bunch of film i can understand my girlfriend is still she learned three weeks ago what a first down was but she understands that first downs are good and she asked me saturday night why do y'all keep taking out the guy that keeps getting the first down you know you, you if you ever watch taylor park boys it ain't rocket surgery you know what I mean? This is uh, I have these same questions, man. I don't know, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not comfortable sitting here saying like, okay, you know, the NIL is a reason why Peyton Thorne is getting it. But I get it. I get the questions, and when it's, when it's looked the way it's looked, these are the kind of questions that people are going to start asking. So again, these things are all valid. We're trying to make sense of it. Haley says, I don't think Montgomery nor Freeze wants Robbie to be QB one. You can't convince me if the head coach wanted to change that change wouldn't take place. 100% Haley. That's my whole thing with the rotation. Whether it's a disagreement, whether it's a diff, uh, disagreement in philosophies between Philip and uh, and Hugh, whether to Blake's point, one guy wants this quarterback and one guy wants the other. It's Hugh's job. He's getting paid the money to realize, hey, this ain't working. I need to figure out something that can work. And again, coming out of the bye week for it to look more discombobulated than it ever has is really the concerning part and and, and really where uh i'm with you 100 Haley. it says we got to be fair we said that all ultimately we all came down on harson and said brother it all falls on you we know eric Keysaw is not an offensive genius but it falls on you it's your program and this is kind of the same thing here it doesn't matter at this point the details and why, what is, what it is. The point is it's not working. It falls on the head coach to change it. So 
I know what he said. I know the clip we played. I'm about to get in here and play the other one. We're talking about Ole Miss. I'll get y'all's final comments on this whole quarterback situation. But I have a hard time, Blake, thinking that Hugh is still going to. I, I don't. I just can't picture them doing what they what they did Saturday night again with the quarterbacks at home in front of our fans versus Ole Miss. I can't imagine they do that, man. There's no way they can. There's no way. Uh, if, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you remember last week when you made the prediction that, uh, that he needs to have a quick hook on PT? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that hook is even quicker this week because you're at home and you can't put that product on the field that you put in Baton Rouge last Saturday night. If you do, it's going to get ugly. I think it, it's going to get ugly. And I'm not talking about with the fans. I'm talking about – Ole Miss is going to beat you to sleep. Mm-hmm. At home, if you put that product, all right, their offense is deadly. They're putting up 40 points a game just like LSU was. They beat LSU at their place. They put up 700 yards of offense on that defense, and we couldn't muster but 18 points on LSU's defense. So if you go into this game and your offense isn't clicking with Peyton Thorne at quarterback, you got to put nine in, and and I think you have to leave him in. I think that's where we're at in into the season right now. We're six games. We're three and three. And and Daniel PT wasn't here for spring practice. I, I, he's been here for six games, and he was here for fall camp. It, it, it's it's this guy threw for thirty touchdowns at Michigan State. He played in a Peach Bowl. He won 11 games. He went 11 and 2. We got TJ Finley out here at Texas State throwing game winners. We got Bo Nix up here playing top 10 matchups at Oregon, uh, taking Michael Penix Jr. down to the wire. They should have won the football game. And I don't know, man. I don't know. TJ was at spring practice at, at Auburn, by the way, and he's gone to Texas State. And I know it's a, I know it's a level down, but still, it's not a good, it's not a good look for us. And, he, he ripped Baylor apart. I know Baylor's not the best yeah. this year, and that Dave, Aranda, it, that Dave Aranda defense isn't what it normally is, but they're still a P5 Big 12 program. You agree with this, Blake? I don't think uh, Brad Browning says, I don't think Montgomery is here after the season is over. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know if he makes it through this season. We get a couple more performances like that, and uh, I don't know. The weakest link says Boosters want to win is uh, bad or more than anyone. Yeah, weakest link. Uh, we've grown a lot. You know, we ourselves are growing throughout the summer. But if you were with us at the beginning of the summer, man, when uh, really when Hugh Freeze was hired back last November, I know the Boosters was a big talk. Me and Blake have, have made this point a whole bunch of times. Um, we, we've come and def- we've defended Yellowwood a lot on this podcast. Really, we we know that they're they're pumping money into the product. They want to see it win and be successful just as much as anybody. Uh, I just think that the the point about NIL, um, how much money certain people have invested into players, I think it's all a fair point in today's college football world. I'm not I'm not making the claim that boosters have put their hands into the whole situation and said you have to play Peyton Thorne because we played the money. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that in this landscape of college football, those are the kind of questions that are going to be asked. And you have to just kind of naturally ask yourself this. Is it possible that when a guy gets a big NIL deal like Peyton Thorne did, and then he struggles, do you think that's not a conversation amongst the players? 
Do you do you think that they're not looking and going, hey man? I mean, it's you know, Dustin, to the to the to the boosters want to win as bad as more than anybody. That's another thing that's been floating around Auburn and and around the country. Oh, it's a booster problem. It's not a booster problem. You think the you think the boosters pay millions of dollars to see Auburn lose? You think they want to see Auburn lose? Come on, man. Alan Green was one of the worst athletic directors that Auburn's ever hired. Reach, dude. And and I'm I I don't think he gets enough heat for it. I really don't. I don't think he gets enough heat because everybody looks at that Bruce Pearl contract and they're like, oh, Alan Green, man, Bruce Pearl wasn't leaving Auburn. Get out of here. Didn't mm, Jacobs, that's Jay Jacobs that went and made that bold move. Come on now. Come on. He wasn't leaving Auburn. He had nothing to do with, with AG. He's one of the worst athletic directors Auburn's ever had. Buddy, buddy sent a uh, – after we beat North Carolina the Super Regional, he sent a bus up there to bring the baseball team back home. A bus. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Haley says, I would pat Montgomery's U-Haul free of charge at this point. <laughs> mm. This is a good point, too, that Mike makes. Robbie is from here. He understands how you feel. Best believe that. Mike, I'm going to be real with you, brother. I would have argued this a year ago. I would have said that people from all over the country can get it, blah, 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 blah. Potato Head made me think a lot differently about that. And then to this point right here, yeah, we've seen it time and time again. The only people that are truly going to be great at Auburn embrace Auburn. You can be here for one year like Cam Newton and become a legend. You don't have to be a four-year, three-year guy. You can come in here for one for one winter slash spring like Jabari Smith and become an Auburn legend forever. But, but those guys were successful. They were successful because they embraced Auburn. You can't come in with a mercenary attitude, man. It can't be, I'm going to come in here for eight months. I'm going to get my job done. I'm going to get mine. And then I'm going to go off to the NFL. What did I tell you after Cal? When the whole locker room knew the fight song and one guy was. I know that seems silly when I said it at the time. You have to invest in Auburn to be successful at Auburn. And college cultures are different, man. Like, you look at a place like A&M. You know, you look at a place like Florida. You look at a place like Auburn. We're a different breed. We're a different kind of fan. This is a different and unique place. It takes a different and unique kind of person to be successful at Auburn. And I will stand on this. If you do not embrace Auburn, truly embrace it and try to become an Auburn man, you will not succeed here. You won't do it. Ask Tony Barbie. Yep. You can't get away with it, man. Brian Harson didn't last 20 months. And if he did, he was right at 20. But he didn't make it two years because he never embraced it. I don't even remember the baseball. Was it Sonny Galloway before Butch? What was that like? Did he embrace Auburn Blake? Was no. he ever about it, about it? No, he was not. Hey, to that point, Dustin, all right, I'll go across the state for you. You want a great example? You want to talk about embracing a program, embracing – uh, something that you love and you want to be coached. Look at Terry and Arnold. Hmm. Look at that. You want to talk about embracing the University of Alabama? He said, hey, when I come here, when I chose to come here, I knew what I was walking into. I knew what kind of coach I was playing for. I knew how I was going to get coached. I knew I was going to get my ass chewed out. But that's why I come here, because I wanted that. And I wanted to be the Alabama standard. Yeah, that, sure. you got to take it in, man. Yeah, there's no other way to do it unless you embrace the culture of whatever school you're at. Uh, Teresa says, dialogue same. You know Robbie would have dove head first to get that first down. Uh, the 
look, we were all upset about this. I know Blake well, and I I knew when I saw Peyton do that because because Blake's defended PT th- through and through, and I knew that when he ran out of bounds right there, I said Blake is up a mobile, and my boy is done at this point. I, I, I knew was, that. Was- I was done. I was. I, I'm. I'm. I look. Fourth and five. First off, our boy Ike, he pointed it out to us that that he had a couple guys wide open that he chose not to hit, uh, and he said he was going to break it down on the film. I don't know if that's available yet, but and, it, yeah, yeah, they actually put it up for free. Um, okay. There was they put it up for free. So normally the watch the film is for the members only. Go to the war report today. I don't know if it's all. It probably is only like the first half. I'm sure it's not the whole game, but yeah, uh, yeah definitely go check that out on the war report channel if you have it. Uh, it's up for free. If if you can't give your body up for your team. And your university, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Robbie Ashford dives for. He at least attempts to make the first down. I, that that right there. Uh, that's where I was over it, man. Yeah, and uh, Riley says Robbie will die for that first down. 100% agree with you, Riley. All right, guys, before we get in here and play this next clip of Hugh Freeze talking just about Ole Miss and how similar they are offensively to LSU and how the game plan is going to have to kind of be the same, we have some new members tonight, so I wanted to touch on just the memberships and what's all coming from that real quick, if I can find the overlay here. You got $3.99 a month. You've got the JV squad, $5.99 a month. Uh, we need to update this. You know, obviously you see Blake's got his hands full there. Um, my girlfriend's got surgery coming up. I've got surgery coming up. So we just got we're, we got busy lives right now, but we will get this updated for you guys. But members only live chat, member shout outs, priority reply to comments, early access to videos and exclusive gifts. Also, we have a new podcast that will be uh, that will be available for our JV members as well, where we were just kind of we're calling it around the planes right now, just taking a look at baseball, basketball, football, anything going on at Auburn and you over here too and by the way on that uh Friday I will be at the uh the baseball scrimmage so I will have tons of content coming for you guys from that and then $5.99 a month the varsity squad recruiting updates game day group chat gameplay with you watch the film for Auburn baseball Blake's excited to get in here and break down some of that I will also be doing some of our recruits actually I've started doing some of that it's just a, a whole process with YouTube and everything like that but we'll have that up for you guys soon and then discount of merchandise over there on the warportshop.com go ahead and do that as well guys go to the warportshop.com our t-shirt is up there the level up up tempo t-shirt i got it right here so go over there to the warportshop.com get that man that'll help us out as well uh we guys love you your support means the world to us and uh to Haley and what was our other member as well uh we really appreciate you guys joining tonight man it does mean a lot to us and tomorrow uh, will be the recruiting pod and then the around the pains pod. We'll try to get up there for you to, tomorrow as well. So, uh, Charlie Davison. So, Haley Tubbs and Charlie Davison, our new members tonight, man. Welcome to the family. We love you guys. We appreciate y'all believing in us and supporting us. And like I said, within the next 48 hours, uh, definitely tomorrow, the recruiting pod will be up. Rough night for our guy Bryce Kane and Mobile, man. But uh, I got the full breakdown of that and then how the other recruits did as well. Fat Barnett jumped back on the scene with a big night. Uh, he's been hurt for about a month, month and a half. He hopped back out as six carries and five tutties, man. So he definitely made the most of his uh, his return. And I I'm fired up to get in there tomorrow and talk about all that with you guys. So get some final, uh, some more comments here and I'll hop over here. to so our next two freeze quote from the presser P pass says, Hey peeps, what is up? All right, man. Look, I'm going to get here and play the next clip. And then we'll talk about it. This is Coach Hugh Freeze being asked just kind of the, the similarities between Ole Miss's offense and LSU's offense and the challenge of facing two explosive offenses uh, in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, they, uh, they're similar. 
they go faster than LSU. I mean, LSU's not tempo all the time. I mean, uh, Lane and and, and uh, Charlie are, you know, they want to go fast all the time, and that's hard to prepare for, for sure. They do a few more things in the uh, run game than LSU and probably in the pass game too. But, um, you know, their quarterback's playing at a high level. I think it's only turned it over, I don't know, two times. Um, talented receivers, great running backs, O-line's really solid. Um, I hadn't watched uh, too much of their defense yet. I'll do that this afternoon. But um, I know my guys said they're playing extremely hard on defense for sure and, and obviously are stopping people for the most part. So I think you got a complete team and, uh, you know, give credit to the job, you know, Lane's done there and, and um, when he took over and has built it back into a, a competitive top 25 program. All right, all right. Let me, uh, I think Blake's muted here real quick. Uh, Blake, unmute yourself if you can. Brother, my computer's acting a little wonky tonight. But, Blake, I wanted to ask you, man, um, like like you said, they're very similar offenses. What do we need to do to avoid a similar situation and allow them to give up 48 points? And obviously being at home versus being in Baton Rouge on the road will help a little bit with that. But what can we do, man, to kind of slow this down? You're going to have to find a way to put pressure on Jackson Dark. Uh, this is a guy last year that he turned it over. At a, at a high rate. He got better at the end of last year. We forced turnovers in Oxford last year. All right. We, we had a couple that we could have had a couple more, right? You know, like um, we're going to have to find a pass rush, man. We got to make him uncomfortable. This is a receiving group. Uh, they've got three dudes that they really rely on heavy. Um, I think he's thrown for 12 or 13 touchdowns. I think Jackson Darts ran for three or four more. Uh, he's going to use his legs. Uh, he, he, Like I said, he's not turning it over like he was last year. I, I think he's only threw two picks this year. Uh, so we're going to have to find a way to get pressure. We're going to have to find a way to get a turnover, just like we did at LSU. We had an opportunity in Baton Rouge. We're down 20-7. to seven. We get a turnover. Like We got to make some big-time plays like that. Uh, and I, I saw a comment over here in the thread that said Ole Miss is gonna is gonna route Auburn uh, about as bad as LSU did, and and I tell you, if you don't get pressure, uh, and that that could possibly happen. I also think you can't go uh, six, seven, eight plays without running the football. Just my opinion. I think Auburn has to find a way to run the football against this Ole Miss defense. Um, this is the 80th ranked defense in the country. All right, it's a couple a couple steps above the LSU defense, uh, and and Pete Golden, obviously he's familiar with uh, with Auburn, and you know I I just think we got to find a way to get Jarquez going as well, man. Like Brian Batie has been that dude uh, to to step in there, and and he looks good. I mean, he's he's looked better than Jarquez. Let's let's get that out there. Uh, but we got to find a way to get twenty seven going. Um, more is, Cobb? Is, man, he looks good, don't he? I mean, yeah. was he hurt? Was he hurt? Like, I, I, I don't – It's so weird. Yeah, just the way the way that we've deployed the personnel, the way that we've just gone away from guys at certain times, I mean, I'm going to keep hammering, like, why did you stop going to Caleb Burton and Cam Brown the other night? It just doesn't make sense to me. So, Blake, it, we're so inconsistent with the way we use our guys. I don't know. 
We may have just pulled him out. Caleb Burton's got to stay on the field. Yeah, 100%. Caleb Burton, uh, I called it uh, he would have 30 catches uh, before the season, and we're 28 away, baby. All right, got six games left. We're 28 away. Uh, Ten's got to stay on the field, brother. Uh, he, he His routes are too good. Uh, he, he's got the hands. I, I'm tired of hearing all this stuff about he's not ready. He's got to stay on the field. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, I just think that, you know, it's really it's kind of the similar deal. But you're at home versus obviously versus being at LSU. So can you run the ball? Can you control the clock the way you were – anticipating doing versus LSU. I think you can, but you just can't go away from it. And again, starting Robbie Ashford obviously helps in this situation. The having a situation where you have Robbie, maybe Cobb in the slot coming on the sweep with Jarquez or Batie back there. There's so many different combinations that you could use. And it's also about a personnel thing. Let's say that Peyton was playing a little bit better. Let's say that Peyton was not necessarily lighting the world on fire, but was more consistent. And it wasn't, it was just clearly not on him. It was clearly the receivers. Well, even then I would be making the argument. It might be time to go to Robbie. If you don't have the personnel to match what Peyton does. And I don't think that you have the receivers to just throw the ball all over the yard. It's apparent at this point. We all got mad at the Heather Dennis chick from ESPN for what she said during the summer, just coming in out of the blue and, and, and crapping on our guys. But, she was right. And Hugh tried to tell us this wide receiver room is not what I want it to be. And he was right. Now, I would make the argument that, well, why did you have guys like Cam Brown that you went to on back-to-back plays and then you not go to the rest of the night? So it is kind of hard to make sense of you continuously trying to force the ball to a guy like Shane Hooks when it's just not there. And on top of that, at this point, I'm not sure why you would be trying to force – the upperclassmen with no eligibility left. We're in this territory where it might be time to get these younger guys on the field and see what we got. Because in the era of the portal, man, we're like a loss maybe two away from these guys being like, hey, I'm hitting the portal. Anybody that might be able to save their eligibility, you know, a guy that doesn't have a transfer left, that's just the way this goes. So, like, we, we really need this win this week. And I just think that the best way to do it is to run the ball, control the clock, and then like Blake said – you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, having a guy like Keontae Scott back this week, I think can help with that. Not only can he, can Ron Roberts kind of do the things that he wants to do with Keontae, but it also gives you the flexibility to use other guys in their positions. And it doesn't sound like Austin Keys is going to come back this week. Well, I know he's not going to come back this week, but Austin Keys is close. And that is something that we definitely need. If we can get Keys back for the Mississippi State game, man, that would just be absolutely huge. Uh, Brad Browning asked James, what gives you hope? And then James says, I only say that because a lot of people thought Georgia was going to torch us and a couple mistakes that we made cost us from taking down the number one team. And that is a fact. To this point, James, I was driving home from work today and I was just, you know, like fans do, man, trying to trying to calm myself down and think of what Auburn could possibly do. How could Auburn find the dub here? And we watched college football all day on Saturdays. And it's not like Ole Miss is a world beater. And teams step up all the time and win games they're not supposed to win. College football is crazy. Auburn, step up, man. At home, a game that you talked about all freaking summer long. You know you got to get this one. You can't lose four games in a row. You can't lose your first four SEC games. This will drop you to under 500. You win this game, 
and then you get to four and three, you will have beat what is Ole Miss ranked? I'm not I'm not sure what they're ranked. Somebody in the chats or, or Blake. Yeah, uh, you muted, brother. I think they're like 15th. 15th, yeah. So you beat a top 15 Ole Miss team at home, man. Like that's something to get hype about. And then you got Mississippi State coming in the next. You beat Mississippi State, a very winnable game, and you're right back. You're at five and three. And if I told anybody before the season, well, you take five and three at the eight game mark with Arkansas, Vandy, New Mexico State still to go. There's not anybody in the chat right now or watching the video on replay with a logical sense that was would not take that. So you're still right there. But to Blake's point, we got to do our part. We got to show up and show out, man. Yep. This has to be an atmosphere better than the Georgia game. You're getting a night game. You're getting them at you know at home. SEC. We got to do the best we can, man, because the team the team needs it. And I'm as frustrated as everybody else. If you watch our LSU recap, you know. If yeah. you watch the post game war report show right after the game, you know I'm pissed off. Do you remember the 21 Ole Miss atmosphere? Yeah, it's got to top that. It's got to top that. It, it has to look that that was really the last. What I feel like the last marquee win in Auburn football. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it was like like I felt like we were a team to be to be reckoned with at that point. We were we were six and two. I felt like we were we were hot. We were rolling. Uh, that atmosphere was absolutely insane. And I need that Saturday night. I need this team to bounce back. Like I said earlier, we're not 48 to 18 bad. We're not. We're not. Nope. And we get this win, man, and all this noise, all this talk from all week. Let's let's call it what it is, dude. The honeymoon's over for Coach Ufreeze. You know, uh, the tough questions. Well, I said tough questions. I thought the pressure was going a little bit tougher, I'll be honest with you. But you start to see the stuff this week kind of circulate around the media and everything where people are going, wait, what? You know, what's going on? Uh, obviously, a lot of people saw what happened Saturday night, and they have a lot of questions. So uh, this is the big week, man. This is the week to step up. I know it means a lot to Hugh, but it means a lot to Lane. It's going to yep. mean a lot. He's going to be able to tell – that old Miss team's going to want to play for him too. Make no mistake about it. Lane Kiff has been telling that team because they had the bye week. He's been telling them boys for two weeks, hey, these were the people that thought they were going to steal me. Remember yep. all that stuff we went through last year? Like, he's going to sell all that to them. So they're going to be just as juiced. We have to match it. Five out of these six performances this year, I have not questioned our heart. I have not questioned our juice. I question your heart, and I question the juice from Saturday night. We got to be in wounded animal mode, Blake. There's no reason why we're not. You've lost three in a row. You, you, you should be playing for your life. There should be no loafing. Shane Hooks, I don't care if the ball ain't going to you. There should be no loafing. Some of them D linemen. No loafing, bro. I don't care if it's on the other side of the play. Keep stay after him. You don't know. He's gonna cut. You just don't. I, I see too much of it, Blake. Too much of it went on Saturday. I, I I probably shouldn't be calling guys out individually, but come on, man. Like we gotta let's go, bro. Before we get out of here, we'll get into our uh the final guys. Get your final comments in here. If you have not liked the video, like the video. If you're not subscribed to the channel, please do that as well, man. Uh, Brad Browning said, Brad, excuse me, Brad Browning says, I've been looking for tickets for just that reason, Dustin. 100%, man. Um, 
I've had tickets for this game for months. So, you know, I was always going to it. Uh, my brother's birthday was last weekend. My birthday is next weekend. So we picked a game in the middle. We're going to make it our birthday trip and all that. Um, but the mindset is that's our mindset going into the game is, you know, on paper, really don't have a whole lot of faith. Auburn's going to win this game. So all I can do is show up and do my part. And I'm never going to bail on Auburn. And because of what's happened over the past two to three weeks, I'm going to cheer harder. Like I'm more fired up for this game than I think I would have been. Like, cause I know what I got to do. I got to do everything I can. I got to play my small part and we all got to do that, man. So if you're going to the game, like, I promise y'all, I'm, unless we just get pin stated, if we get pin stated, then I'll have a clear voice on the Sunday recap. But hopefully, man, I'm on here super horse and can't talk. Uh, what's it? Turkey says, and if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry, brother. Ole Miss is three and nine over the last decade when coming off of a bye week. And hey, we showed last week, bye weeks ain't everything. Maybe, maybe Lane Kiffin overthinks it a little bit. I think you come off a sluggish off a of bye week. I do. I, I look. I might be in a in a crowd by myself here, but I think coming off a of bye week is a bad thing. Uh, I've never been a fan of it. Uh, I I think it's just uh, especially like if you feel like like we had Georgia, man, right? We had Georgia, and then you hit a bye week, and it's kind of like all that momentum that you kind of had, even though it was a loss. All right, I don't like to hype up losses. But I feel like we had a little momentum, and then bang, you hit a bye week, and it's like, uh, well, now you got to wait two weeks, and you come out and look like that last Saturday night. I hear you. Haley says we are going to be so loud. Yeah, for sure, Haley. Uh, I look forward to it. If you see me there, say War Damn Eagle. Michael says I gave my tickets away to my brother. I'm going to go to the work at the fall. That Michael, you can go sit in the Duncan booth, bro. Michael can go sit in the Duncan booth or something, and. Uh, Michael, I hope that it's a classic. I hope it's an all-time classic, and I hope you're deeply regretting it. I hope you missed one of the greatest Auburn wins of all time. And I hope you're sitting at home going, damn it, why in the world did I do this? Justin says, Warpoor just went live part two. All right, well, we will definitely get out of here, let you guys go over there and watch the film with Ike. Like I said, man, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We got some new members tonight. I see some new faces in here tonight. We appreciate you guys, man. We're always pumping out the Auburn content. We're just two Auburn fans doing this thing our way, man. No clickbait, none of that BS. We'll just give you our honest opinion, our honest takes. But I promise y'all that there ain't nobody out there that loves Auburn more than we do. And uh, I mean that. So we got to get in here. We got to speak facts sometimes, but uh, we're, we're all orange and blue all the way. So we will be back Friday morning, 10 a.m., man, for our uh, our official preview of this here game. Like I said, man, if you're going to be out there and you see me, walk up to me, say, War Damn Eagle. Chris popping in saying, great show. Uh, he appreciates it. And, yeah, man, just real quick, that's my final thoughts. I just want to say, Blake. Thank you, brother. This is a blast doing this with you. I appreciate it. Happy birthday to our guy, B-Will. B-Will, I appreciate you, buddy. All the stuff that you have done for me personally. Uh, Ike, Mike, all you guys, to all our subs, to everybody. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is so fun to get on here and do this with you guys, and uh, it, it really keeps us going sometimes. So, War Damn Eagle, 10 a.m. Friday. We're out, and we will see you all back then. Love y'all. War Damn Eagle, baby. Yes, sir.